with the Bobby Ecker, the first Bobby Ecker. And I've been fortunate that I've been affiliated with FDIC as a safety officer for quite some time. And being in there, I was, I, I was Ray McCormack's um, safety officer for quite, quite, a, quite a few years when Ray did the urban, um, urban essentials. Yep. And then he did, um, oh, I can't remember the name of the class, but, but guys like Gabe and Jimmy. Okay. And, and I called up Gabe after I heard Eckert and I'm, I said, Hey bro, I said, could you get me this guy's contact information? <laughs> so I call Eckert up or I text him. I'm like, look, you know, I'm not a pervert. I'm not a stalker, <laughs> but, but Bobby, you know, Bobby relates to, to, to people like my son's age, yeah. you know? And, and which really gives me hope that, you know, we've gone to this white collar technology thing and I see the pendulum starting to go back the other way. Maybe. Maybe. But I've been so fortunate because who gets to hang out with Robert and Rex Morris for two days? You know, when, when Ray got hurt, Bob Morris took that class and, and, and I I got, I got a picture of his instructor lineup and his thumbnail on my phone. That's the honest goodness truth. Right. You know, I mean, what a gentleman, what a, I mean, I couldn't carry that guy's door chalk. <laughs> I couldn't you know, either. I mean, couldn't even come close. Not even close. Well, listen, I, you started hitting on some stuff. So I hit the record button. So we've been recording already for two minutes, just so you know. So I want to okay. do an I want to do an intro because I want the world to know who you are. You are literally one of my most favorite people in the world, Steve Yellish. <laughs> Tara Hute, Tara Hute, Tara Hute, Tara Hute, Indiana, my man. You and I have been trying to put something together for a while. This is the story of my life, though. There are so many people, and this is this is the selfish part of what I get to do is I get to have a platform where I can then try to get people on where I can just chat with them and get to know people, learn their stories, learn about their families, learn about their love for the job. That is my selfish uh, my selfish world I live in, and you are one of those guys that I've been wanting to forever to actually get something on record with you. And so thank you for hopping in on one of these audio sessions with me, man. How are you? I'm I'm, I'm- I'm fine. I'm, I love I'm it. fine. I, uh, um, I'm ecstatic to be doing this because I, you know, now you're going, you know, I mean, I, I'm a tough guy on the outside. Um, you know, Jeremy Donch won my heart over. <laughs> when, uh, I was coming home from Memphis with a kid that, that, you yeah. know, had, had an issue. Uh, he got, he, he had got hurt on the job and, um, you know, had a, syncopal episode from um too much caffeine too much sleep deprivation too much of that you know tough guy pre-workout sure. stuff and you know you were uh one of the people that picked up your phone and said how is he and yeah. uh you know that and in the mental anguish that that he went through and in, in all that transition of not being on company yep you know yeah you and rob you know yeah, I'll give you the shirt right off my back. I, um, it's so important, man. Like, I don't know why more people just don't make that call or reach out. Right. Everybody gets so wrapped up in their own shit and we forget about everyone else. And like, I try to make a point 
You know, I put a post up the other day just about like reaching out to people that you haven't talked to in a long time and just drop a phone call, drop a quick text message just to say hello. You and I do that. We don't talk for a month or two and then all of a sudden we connect right. for 10 minutes and that's 10 minutes over the course of two months. I mean, what? that's nothing, you know, and it's but like. But you hit me in the running lights. You yeah. Know what I mean, <laughs> you, 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 you'll, you'll, you know, I mean, you'll, you'll throw something down range and you'll just smack me right in the boys. And I'm like, yeah, man, I love that. You know, you're so right. And. And, and, and that's all part, you know, I mean, and we need, you know, we need, we need that. We do. Um, it, it's a good kind of a recalibration, um, that I, that I personally use, you know I mean? I get it. Uh, long time listener, first time caller. Here we you know? go. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> Listen, you, you're not a first time caller. This is the first time I actually was able to hit the record button Brother, while we were you know, chatting. I mean, I'm nobody. You get know, out. I'm, I'm so tired of you saying this shit. I'm just no, a dumb okay, country I'm, boy. I'm, Get I'm out of the, here. Listen. I'm, I'm the dumbest son bitch in the American fire service, I promise you. Well, let, let's do this. Let's, that I will ever make right. Let's just roll right into this, man, because you have such a story, and you have been through so much and have done so much in the fire service. And, uh, and so, like, we were chatting before, and I said, you know, what are we going to talk about? And then I said, well, what... Steve, what do you think about on your way to work? What do you think about on your way home from work? What's occupying your mind today in today's fire service? Well, and I said, um, I get up early because, you know, my, you know, I was, I was, I grew up in a big home. We had 10 of us in the house. I was the baby of the family. Um, hell I could do no wrong in my mom's eyes. My dad wanted to kill me 90% of the time. Why he didn't, you know, he was dying of brain cancer and he's like, yeah, I figured you pull your head out of your ass sooner or later. Oh my you gosh. know, I'm like, what are you thinking pop? You know, but, uh, I joined the Marine Corps, you know, I mean, all yep. my family's smart. I went to Marine Corps. Um, you know, it was, it was early eighties, you know, Vietnam was over. Um, while Reagan was, uh, president, you know, we're starting a new patriotic trend in, in America, you know, and I, 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 my my grandfather, my dad, you know, they, everybody served, and nobody's been in the Marine Corps. So stupid Steve says, "I'm going to go to the Marine Corps," you know. <laughs> <laughs> and and I tell you what, I mean, I was I was exposed to just uh, such high quality. My 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 squad leader was the 1985 non-commissioned officer of the United States Marine Corps, wow. Joe Buswater. You know, I mean, yeah. the guy woke up and he demanded excellence out of me. Yep. Um, I was exposed to, uh, he retired. He was the first, first generation, uh, South Korean general in the United States Marine Corps. Wow. Da Daniel Yu. And what's so cool is that I fast forward in life and I talked to, to a guy named Jason Bresler at FDIC. Right. You know, and, 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 and Bresler is, is aware of these people. I, I had a, platoon commander george bristol he he developed the mma uh stuff for um uh the marine corps what they what they use since i think about the mid to late 90s you know because bristol said we were losing our warrior mentality and and you know i mean i'm not smart at all i i thought in you know after carrying a rifle you know i needed a war you know we didn't go to war yeah and and i got bored and I like I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna go to college. Did you okay. need before you get to college? Did you need that discipline in your life when you got there? Oh, absolutely. You yeah, because I, I I got out of everything. Got it. I got out of. I mean, you know, I mean, I got out of. It. Yeah, and and yes, but growing up in that 
Italian Catholic home, I had discipline. It was just kind of like the wrong direction because, you know, I mean, I, I always found it out, you know, I mean, I could always get off the hook. Well, you know, but I recognize that, too, because I was always that way as well. I mean, I had the gift of gab, right? I had the ability to find my way and talk my way out of a lot of things yeah. that I probably should have uh, been more accountable for. And I still do with yeah. everybody except my wife. Yeah. Well, she's got your number, brother. Oh, she, you, oh, Gracie's got me down. To, I mean, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, her name's Tracy, but now that we're grandparents, she's Gracie. I love you that. Know? That's cool. I love that. She, you know, we, we fight, fight like cats and dogs and everything, but, you know, we've been married 34 years. Um, one of us is happy. I don't think, I don't know about her status. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but, but, but we've awesome. made it work, you know. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's that 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 follow through that that commitment that that I I don't know I I hope my kids and and my grand my grandchildren will see out of us that you know we just you know we didn't cash in and and go the other way. I got it, I got it, and, and I get it. You know, I mean, I I do I understand. You know, people become different and everything, but yeah, yeah, that's marriage, not fire service. That's right. Now we're starting we're starting to talk about feelings, and she'll really get upset. So. Yeah. We're- yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, then let's get back on track. So college, man. So you were like, hey, man, I'm going to go better my brain. Yeah. 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 I took a class called computer science. OK. I, I didn't even I didn't had to that point. I never put on my fingers to a computer. I never right. knew what they were about. Right. You know, but I was like, this is better than carrying a rifle. I'm going to go be a businessman. I, what a joke. You know, I mean, the one class I took was a senior level Japanese history class. And, and the, the professor was like, what are you doing here? I'm like, well, I'm a, or introduction day. I'm a freshman in business. He's like, what are you doing? I'm like, well, I lived in Japan for a year. You know, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Something, you know what I mean? But, and, and going back to that drive and everything, one of the cool things about my Marine Corps career was I got to climb to the top of Mount Fuji. Wow. And, okay. and so, you know, part of their, their, trek up the mountain is they stop and you know they'll spend the night and they'll drink sake and then they get up in the morning and it's a religious experience to the japanese people you Got know mm-hmm. and uh they'll they'll watch the sunrise at the summit well you know my big thing is is that i get up early and i pan out samurai swords that's when i do my thinking <laughs> okay yes. so my my crew and, and and the guys i know you I mean they're like yeah you know the old man got up early and panned out a samurai so you know yeah yeah oh, i love it i love it. i got out of the service um college wasn't working i mean it if if i had today's technology um you know with with text messaging and this that and the other um i got out the fourth of july 87 um I'm, i met my wife i we got engaged uh, Christmas Eve of 87, we're getting married at the end of July, and I needed a job. Right. And I, I was going to school. I was working in a liquor store. And this old guy comes in. He goes, why don't you become a fireman? I couldn't even spell fire. <laughs> I had no idea. what. I mean, I had no idea. Well, at that time, I, you didn't have to spell to be a fireman, right? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I mean... You didn't have to have a master's degree in underwater basket weaving. So who was this guy? I started knocking on the chief's door. You know, I'm big. I'm stupid. I'm strong. Yeah. yeah, I need a job. Right. 
right you know and 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 it was i got hired october 7th 88 and uh you know saturday morning when i go into the firehouse um i get to start my 35th year wow that's cool and so that's you know i mean that's it in a nutshell i mean oh that's it that's it's all over that's the end of it peanuts back then yeah i mean peanuts i my probie pay was 13.9 holy crap what yeah. kind of academy was there? Was there or was it right to the line and you learned on the line? It was uh, a quick couple days with the training chief who just this guy, gave, he used to tell us when, you know, you go to, to fire school, hey, don't drink beer with the idiot you can drink beer with tomorrow night. You know, which I never did that. You know, I mean, he, he was talking to the other guys, not me, you know. Yeah. Yeah, my mother. My mother raised an altar boy, and my wife married an angel. Yeah, right. right. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, knowing but, knowing you, I I I'm a hard, so a hard time with that one. Start a conversation. Yeah, talk to somebody. Right. And, and he he just he gave a big love of the job into us. Cool. Um, as you know, I kind of got you know through the honeymoon stage and everything, and you know when when my daughter was born. You know, we made the decision that my wife was going to stay home and raise the family, and I was going to make ends meet. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we starved to death. I, I, I mean, there's how she did it. I don't know, because all I did was work. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. And, uh, so we, you know, we, I, I kind of got distracted along the course of the way. You know, I mean, I got about me. Yeah, it happens and making my money and, and doing this and, and not caring about anybody, you know, I mean, um, I picked up Lieutenant, um, eh, I was, I was on the job about six years, uh, two man truck crew, you know, and, and then, um, sorry. No, uh, you're good. September 30th of O two or yeah, of O two, we had a line of duty death. Right. And, uh, you know, in the aftermath of that, um, I got my shit together. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it was like, uh, no more being selfish. I knew. Better. Was it, was it fast and loose too? I mean, because your job, right? You got, listen, you're a busy department. You're understaffed. You're going to work all the time. So not only are you head down focusing on bringing, bringing in the scratch and, and being able to provide for your family, but I got to think too, man, there was, there was a lot of focus time on the job took its toll on you over those years. No. Yeah. Oh, oh, talk to her. (laughs) I'm sure. I'm sure. (laughs) You know, and and I'm, I'm not Christopher Columbus. I'm not the only guy. No, I no. I'm just, you know, back, back then, I mean, everybody, everybody worked a second job. You know, we we were, you know, the, the hallmark of my department is, um, you know, and, and I mean, the guys that taught me how to fight fire, Captain Michael Bryan, Captain John D, Battalion Chief Fuquay, I mean, uh, Captain Albert Wilson, these guys are just one hard nose after another hard nose. But our job traditionally was a very blue collar. Terre Haute is a tough town, you yeah. know, and I'm not even a Hoshan. I grew up in a little, I'm an outsider. But, you know, I mean, it was a it was a very traditionally it's been a very blue collar union, uh, hard nosed, good people, city and, and, and department. You know, I mean, and, and that's that thing that 
you know, that blue collarness, that junkyard dog. I mean, that's what it's all about. You know, I mean, uh, I hope I hope we never lose that. I you know? I couldn't agree with you more, man. I mean, that that is what I think the American Fire Service was built on. I mean, I you know absolutely. You, you know, I I just went back and listened to report from Engine Company eighty two. I read that book, read it probably thirty years ago or twenty five right. years ago, and then I had a long car ride a couple months ago, and I downloaded the audio book and listened to it in the car, and it was like seven hours of just listening to the stories of of 82 and, and, uh, yeah. I think it was 33, uh, 33, whichever, whichever truck company was with them at the time. And, you know, you think about, uh, you know, you think about like what those guys went through tough as nails. I mean, you're, those are guys that took an absolute beating on the job, went home and had to sleep for a day, right. Before sure. they could even connect with their families only to turn around and go back to the job. And, you know, it, it was just such a different time. And the, yes. the, the priorities of the, the guys on the line at the time, I mean, it was just all about the job, but there was no, there was no conversation about, you know, being able to take a, take a knee. I mean, nobody took a knee. Nobody was able to bow out of their duties. It just wasn't done. Right. I well, mean, you didn't want to. Well, you true. I didn't want to let you down. That's, I mean, we, talk we about that, together. Steve. That's huge, man. Talk about that. And, you know, we, we were in it and you know, I, we caught, we caught, we had a job jump out in front of us last night. Yeah, literally. I mean, we come around the corner and hey, hey, <laughs> we got a fire. Hey, here we go. Here, well, and and it was it was it was uh you know I, I got a three man engine company. I got a chauffeur. I'm a captain. You know, and, and I got a backstep. And um, you know, my my backstep. I'm we've been working him over. You know, and and this kid is is he he's he's making all the right moves Great. to the point where you know I trusted him with the nozzle. You know, I'm like, Hey, I told him, I said, Hey, it's you, man. You know? And I want, I want him to succeed yeah. as a nozzle. Man. I sure. want him to be, it was, well, you know, you're, you're, I'm at that point in my career. I know where I'm at in the rainbow. Yep. I'm going 40 and I'm done. Unless okay. somebody wants to hire me as a chief and I can get a buggy and, <laughs> you know, take a shower and not cuss and you know i i can do pretty good oh, but, all right good that's good to know you know i put on a great front but but, <laughs> but we had you know we had a uh alleged uh entrapment um you know i i go in you know i'm going into search you know we we expelled a lot of fire ground energy in a matter of minutes on a story and a half with knee walls and you know we come out and you know after bottle one and my battalion looks at me and goes, Hey, you know, I need you in there, <laughs> you know? And I'm like, I'm 57, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but, but, but I felt, you know, that's that, that, that getting back to that. I don't want to let him down. Yeah. You know, right. Right on. Okay. You know, let's stop for quick tires. We don't need gas. We're going on tires alone. And we went in there and, you know, we worked another good bottle for him, uh, you know, and, 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 and all of us got the job done. You know, it was a tough job. It was, uh, it was a uh, true dimensional one by like boxcar siding okay. and then they plastered over the top. Of Yikes. And, and I mean, the, the boys were just, you know, there wasn't a shoulder singing, Yeah, you know, I mean, we were walking out of there with our knuckles, half a room behind us. I, I mean, bet, everybody worked their butts off, yeah. you know, yeah. as it should be. Yeah, I, talk about it. So for me, right, I mean, 35 years, Steve, and, and still riding the front seat, right? And you've seen a lot of guys come up and, and move on and progress. I mean, you've you've tutored and mentored 
a lot of guys coming up the line, I have to think. And, and in your city, you guys do a, a, a good amount of work. It's a, it's a tougher town and, uh, and so on. And so with that, like being the day that it flipped from, you know, that backstep guy to you becoming a mentor, if you will. I mean, I know that you take great pride in the guys that you tutor. Uh, I've seen it firsthand. Rob shared an experience when he stopped in to see you guys. Uh, Chris, one of your guys that I think has moved on out of your company now. He just reached- yeah, he got promoted on my yeah. birthday. How selfish is that? <laughs> he reached out. He just reached out to me a couple weeks ago, just with a with a quick text or a DM on Instagram or something. But it was just nice to hear hear from him. And like, I'll tell you, man. Like, I just. What is that like for you? I mean, was that hard for you? Because I know you're a very humble guy, and I, I know that you have such passion for the job, but is it hard to be a mentor? Is it hard to be that 35-year guy? And then last night you decided that the, the backstep guy, hey, man, it's your show. I'm giving, I'm giving you the knob. Go show me what we've, what we've been able to instill in you. Like, talk to me about that, that part of the job. Um. Well, you know, you said it, I'm full of bullshit and, and I don't, you know, I mean, I don't necessarily perceive myself as a mentor, so to speak, but you are okay. Um, you know, that, that, which is why I reached out to, to Bobby Ecker, you know, because in some, in some of today's youth, I'm just another roaring dinosaur ready to go up to the shelf of extinction. Maybe. And you know, I, I, I really enjoyed listening to Bobby because, you know, he, he, he connected, he can connect with kids like my, my son, you Sure, know, 27, yep. you know, I mean, yeah, 26, 27, you know, I mean, the kids, he'll, he'll be in the fire service 10 years in uh veterans. Yeah. That's you wild. Know, I mean, he started out as a 16 year old cadet, you know, bounced around here, there, everywhere, went to the big city, you know came home with a, with a wife and has given us the apples of our eyes. I love that. Yep. Oh, they, yeah. Matilda Grace just had her first birthday last weekend. Oh, that's you awesome. Know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Vera yeah. Lynn, you know, I mean, Vera was born on the weekend of the official pandemic, you know, two months in NICU. I mean, oh, it's, t- you know, I mean, but it, it it's that. I, I don't, I guess I'm a mentor. I try, you know, I mean, I, I, I like to, you know, even at 57 years old, I like to have fun and screw off, but I know that it's still work. But you don't know, you, and, don't you, I mean, you, you, I mean, just knowing you and, and talking with you several times about a lot of different topics in the fire service, I know that you believe in the core values, the morals, absolutely. ethics, values. And I know that you're adamant about that. And I know that you've gotten, you've, you've gone to, you know, toe to toe with people on that type of stuff. So yeah, that, yeah I'll dial, I'll dial my moral fiber. Yeah. Right. And so, but anyway, I'm not cashing it in. Right. And so nobody w- or nothing. So with that, that tells me that you're setting the tone within your own company because you're not going to let your people do that either. Then you're not going to let your yeah. people, you know, uh, you know, throw it to the curb, back down, and and not believe in the greater good or the values and morals that we need to carry on this job. But isn't that why mothers will give a guy in a t-shirt that's at Disneyland their choking child because they got a Maltese cross, hundred percent shirt. Hundred percent. 
right. You know, hey, I'm a pediatric neurosurgeon. So what? This guy's got to, here, here you go. Yeah. You know, but the wrong guy at the wrong place can save that baby. And, and mom doesn't blink an eye. That's why people trust us to come in their homes. And that's why it's so critical that we do not allow ourselves to uh, sacrifice the foundation that's been laid before us. We can't let this job turn into something that just doesn't represent the greater good of who we are of humanity. That's true, but there is that counterculture that has been trying to peck away at that for years. Yeah. That, you know, I need to have, it, it, it's it's an occupation or a paycheck. Yep. It's yep. not, it's not the job. It's not about the brothers. You know I mean? My, I, I, okay, I'm a mentor. Well, the people that mentor me are phenomenal. Yeah, 100%. I mean, you know, I mean. It's like, okay, if you're not happy and I, you know, I'm the, the thing I don't, I've seen a lot of my mentors and my senior guys and my department leave with some bitterness and, and, and I've got it in my, I fight it like a cancer. I don't want to leave the job bitter. Yep. I don't. So, you know, yeah. Rick Lasky says, yeah, you know, the mentor store is open 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Just go pick one. Yep. So, okay. Okay. I'm proud to have guys from Kansas City and Gary, Indiana and Indianapolis and um, Escambia County and New York City, Columbus, Ohio, um, as mentors, you know, that, that, that from just acquaintances you can pick up your phone and go am i crazy is this you know can you help me yep and it and and, it, and they come through not to say that and i'm not disrespecting my department or anything like that that's not what i'm saying by no way shape or form because we've got some really top shelf guys on my job yeah we do and, and i'm not being sexist when i say people no no i the, i we always talk yeah, about I mean, that that's i i agree with you right you know, you know, that's what started National Fire Radio for me. What started National Fire Radio was I was I was seeing these older guys leave, whether in the volunteer or career services, they were leaving the firehouse pissed off and disgruntled. And they took right. They took, you know, in your case, 35 and you want to do 40 years. It, if at the end of your career, you are bitter and upset with the job and not happy and there's no fulfillment anymore for you. You're going to take all 40 years of experience and take it with you, and you're not yep. going to leave it there for anyone. And the only yep. thing you're going to do is tarnish your own career by being that cranky mother fricker at the end of your <laughs> at the end of your 40 years. I'm cranky all the time. You know? Yeah, but yeah, but man, and I do enough tarnishing of my career on my own that I don't need to help. Listen, but you know what you do do? You promote your people and you make them want to do better. And you make them understand the importance of the fire service and how it is bigger than us. How, like you said, that woman at Disney World would pass her child off to a guy with a Maltese cross on his shirt. It's because of the foundation that's been laid by the understanding that we're there to serve. And it's yes. not, we're not serving ourselves, we're serving the public. And, right. you know, and we can't lose sight of that. And so for me, when we started National Fire Radio, that was all about capturing guys' stories, like talking to you today. Grabbing yeah, a couple stories out of you to be able to pay that forward. So some eager kid that's not getting it in his own firehouse right now, 
will listen to this podcast and go, shit, man, there's guys out there that still, you know, I would love to have a 35-year guy like that in my firehouse. And that's what we need. We need the storytelling. We need these senior guys to be around and to still love the, stay in love with the job and pass that love forward to these other guys that are starving for it. There's people out there literally starving for love of this job. Absolutely. I couldn't agree with you more. And, and you know, that, that service thing, you know, my wife, you know, I, I work in a impoverished neighborhood, you know, I mean, it's, it's not Frazier or Watts or anything mm-hmm. like that, but you know, it's not the best of the neighborhoods in the yeah, city. And, right. You know, um, cockroaches, cat pee and bed bugs are quite common. Right. You know, and, and she's like, you know, and it's that, I, I, I said something the other day, you know, EMS is EMS. It, it is across the country. I, this is Steve Yelich talking. I personally believe that EMS is probably one of the most abused services in our nation that was founded out of nothing but good intentions. I, I would agree with you. A bunch of guys came home from Vietnam and said, you know what? We can save lives but we're going to have to take ambulances out of funeral homes. Let's get them in fire. And and it's gone. That pendulum. When I got hired, I had to be a basic EMT within a year on my job today. They have to be paramedics within five. Right. And you know, when, when I, when I went to, when, when I got promoted to Lieutenant, I, I was riding on a 1971 American La France that was an open cab. And they put a fiberglass top on it. Nice. It, it only carried. Oh, this thing was sweet. <laughs> I love it. I'm, you're talking. I mean, about, you're talking my language now. Are you kidding hey, me? Two and a half gallons of water. That was it. Oh my god. My first. My first day. I get called into my captain's office. He says, "Sit down, yuck man." That's my nickname. Okay. Okay. He says, "Sit down." He says, "Uh." They say you can, you're okay to ride out. You're going to start riding the seat of the truck. I'm bumped up in pay. He says, listen, he goes, you search, you search, you vent, you vent. He said, but if I ever see your hands with a hose in it or a nozzle, I'll have your ass out of this firehouse so fast it'll make your head spin. Jesus. Gospel. I had a two-man truck crew. My driver had about 20 years on the job. Why he didn't kill me, I don't know. I'm sure he wanted to many times. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's the, he's the sweetest guy in the world. He's, he, he's as big as a freezer. Yeah. And his heart is three times bigger. Oh, I love it. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. What and, was and talking, you know, I mean, I spoke briefly about Captain Stott getting killed in 02. Yeah. And uh, my wife and I uh, went walking up to Holman uh, Center, which is where Larry Bird played college ball. There okay. you go. All right. And uh, he picked he, she and I both up off the ground, crying. He said, uh, "We almost lost seven. Jeez, yeah. And uh, you know, it's a very impactful fire. Yeah, that was in O two, Steve. Yeah, September thirtieth of O two. Okay, is that the only line of death fire? No, we we just lost John Shawstall a couple years ago. Okay, uh, pandemic. What was that? Got it. Twenty. Forgive me. I knew you were going to ask me this. No, I. Uh, I don't John, mean to put you in the John spot. John even uh, backstep for me. Okay, that would have been twenty twenty. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. COVID he, related. He died of COVID. Yeah. Um. 
No, we, we've got, you know, matter of fact, uh, you know, uh, I play pipes and drums. Um, well, I, I make noise on bagpipes, but our, our band Tartan is the O'Brien clan. My first captain's father died in the middle of a fire at 11th and Poplar on February 17th of 1963. So his name was Captain John O'Brien. And, uh, we uh, we wear the O'Brien tart. His grandson's a Noblesville fireman. Okay. Uh, John Michaels, uh, he's which is just north of Indianapolis. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm just uh, I'm I'm just actually just cruising through the internet right now just to familiarize myself with um, with what you're talking about because there's something I want to there's something I've been uh, thinking about doing. Um, I don't think we talk enough about line of duties and. Um, and and the, uh, the I I did an interview with Jeff Cool about uh, Black right, Sunday, right, right. yeah. Um, and I I got a lot a, a tremendous amount of feedback from people across the country about how impactful that interview was that I did with him. And I mean I was just completely honored. And and um, you know for me I'm just a a student of learning through story, and to be able to share uh, those stories uh, is right. just incredible. And uh, and so for me, I, I felt it was very powerful and impactful. And I, I think that there's a lot to be talked about uh, and we shy away from those conversations. Well, guys like me get quivers in their voice when we talk about it. I get it. I but get I it. tell you what, uh, when, when, when after the funeral and, and we're going to, you know, we brought in Skip Coleman, you know, yep. talk, teach us about incident command. Right. Chief Harry Tibbetts, IFD's operations chief came in and talked to us about building construction yeah chief tibbets he he pulled my head out of my ass and was a mentor i mean immediately wow uh, because he told a story and i kind of hung hung back after class and i was like hey chief what kind of antiquated crap are you peddling and he slammed his hands on the table he goes i'll tell you what young man this firehouse has got a back like every other one if you want to let me get my computer picked up we'll go out there and talk about what i what i'm doing and i looked him dead in the eyes across the table and i said i love you sir you know (laughs) (laughs) yeah i know and and it was just it it was just what i what i needed what i what steve needed to hear yeah you know because i knew okay i'm a lieutenant and i was egotistical you know i mean i you know i was large and in charge 10 foot tall and bulletproof yeah right but but i wasn't I was more of an asshole than I was a good servant leader. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to get on a soapbox of how great of a Christian I am because I'm, I'm a theological wreck, <laughs> but man, if, if we patterned ourselves after that, how can we go wrong? Yeah. What, what was that? What was that change for you? I mean, what, what, what flipped that switch? Because you are uh, an, an absolute, the, the Steve Yalish I know is an absolute gentleman and uh, a humble, no. and humble. I'm not even house broke. Well, it's listen, true. man, you listen, you, you say these things, but I'm telling you, I, I, I get the read. I know. And, and, you know, but I also know you're, listen, you're hard nosed and you'll go knuckle to knuckle. I know that. Like, you know, but I think that's how a lot of us are when you carry a lot of passion and belief. And yes. frankly, for me, it's conviction. I think yes. I think people uh, mistake conviction 
uh, for many other things. But in fact, for me, you know, I could be, I could be a bully. I could be pigheaded. I can be uh, too strong in my beliefs. And I said, no, 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 this, this is conviction. I believe in myself and I believe in my, in my ideas and thoughts. And so that's conviction. That's believing in, in your abilities, believing in your thought process, believing in the, the human being that you are. And people often get intimidated by that. And especially people that are a little bit weaker or don't have the ability to believe in their own selves they get very they they shut down pretty quick and and they're they're very quick to point the finger and say every other word but nobody ever says that guy's full of conviction true but look at nolan ryan you know i mean nolan ryan would walk out to that pitcher's mound he exuberated confidence yep and and you know yeah i mean i guess looking at you know at the aging process and where i'm at in my life and everything, um, you know, you, okay, it was easy to be cocky when, when, you know, you could, you could produce and produce and produce and produce and produce. And that's part of the, the aging process that, you know, I mean, uh, wisdom is to be sought after like fine gold and, and silver, you know I mean? That, yeah. that, you know, it, it, it's humbling that, you know, you know, in my heart, I'm still 27 and I want to work like I'm 27, <laughs> but I just I, can't. I just had that conversation, literally just had that conversation the other day. That doesn't mean I'm not going to go to work for you. That, you know, right. but it, it, it's just, you know, because call it, you know, in, 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 in our youth, it was cockiness and it was ego. And, you know, I'm going to talk smack and, you know, bust your balls because you can't hang pulling ceilings. You know, yep. now, now, now it's, it's more pride that, you know, I see my crew performing, you know, and I know where I'm at, you know, I mean, uh, my, my legs are a lot slower than what they used to be. I could use some cartilage, but, but still, you know, I mean, um, you know, I, I feel like I can, I, I love, um, um, chief McGrell's statement out of Denver, you know, when I can't get you out of a fire is the day I'm going to leave. Yeah. You know, in, in looking at, you know, Robert Morris, I mean, my gosh, I want to be that guy when I grow up. <laughs> the dude is phenomenal. You know what I mean? Yeah. Great, great shape. He works. He's love. I mean, it, it just, I, 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 I love being exposed to those type of people. And, and I'm not going to apologize that, you know, I've been blessed for, for no better term that I've been exposed to those people. Yeah. And, and they're so, you know, I mean, when you sit and, you know, you don't have to go to a tavern and sit on a bar stool. You know, you can have a 10 minute water break at FDIC or a conference. Todd Edwards. I met, I met Todd Edwards at um, uh, Revolution New York Fools. We were teaching with O'Byrne um, and, and we had a search class simultaneously with their, I can't remember the deep South and the, the high mile high. South mile. Yeah. 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 Okay. And, and Todd Edwards is there, and we're kind of just bullshitting at, at lunch. And, you know, I apologized to him at, at H-Rock last winter. I'm like, I didn't even realize who you were, you know? I mean, I'm sorry. You know, I, you, your picture on the internet doesn't look like you in real life. <laughs> but, but, you know, he's like, I'm talking, and, and he, yeah, I believe in work. And, you know, my guys, you know, we work five hours a day. You know, you come in, you take care of the house. Be ready before 7 o'clock be ready to go out the door, you know, take care of the house, take care of the equipment, you know, 
let's let's go train let's go pt and you know i don't care what you do the rest of the day now that's not necessarily what happens yeah right but you know those those five hours are very crucial very crucial and and that's all that's all kind of all i ask you know i mean yeah, uh, I, it's not that hard. So let me know? let me ask you this: You keep talking about you keep bringing up a lot of different guys' names and the you know how you and I don't mean to name drop. No, no. Talk to them. They, who? Yeah, but who? here's. You know I mean, I'm just I'm just Steve from. Yeah, you know, I live in a witness protection program. <sighs> Ridiculous! I love. I'm you. out of sticks. My <laughs> point is, let me get a word in here. My point is this: right, is that you push yourself still all these years later to get yourself to these conferences. And it's whether you're teaching, supporting, running logistics, or being a student, you are still pushing yourself to get out there to better yourself. I try. Yes. How important is that, man? To, to these to these kids that might be listening to this podcast when we post it, like how important is that? How important and how much of an influence has that been on you as a person and in your career to surround yourself with some of the best in the industry? Without, without getting outside of your neighborhood, you are doing nothing more than cheating yourself. You know, Jeff Shoup says firefighting is local. That's true. Firefighting is local. But brother, I got to talk to you and you got to talk to me. Because there's, I've yet to have anybody that I've tried to contact that will blow you off. Yeah. And five minutes, five minutes with, with, with a, with a chief Ike, five minutes, that's all you need. Can, can impact your, your career just ungodly. You know what I mean? It, it can, that can, that can set that fire that, that that young that young member man go you know what i mean yeah. you have to i i'm, I'm right my there with son you. my son introduced us yes you know i mean i've been taking that kid to fdic when he was in a stroller i love that and because of social media and everything i mean he he, he knows you guys better than i do you know and and, and that which is cool i mean yeah. that's he he's he's got his own path that he's blazing, and yeah, he's going to be ten times the fireman I'll ever be. I love that you are such uh, you're such a good dude, man. I, <laughs> yeah, I'm a liar. Well, listen, you're, no, you're just super humble, and you know you don't like any type of compliment whatsoever because you're pain in the ass. But sure. uh, but listen, so listen, I want to talk shop for a minute here. We we right we got on the topic. We we like you and I always do, we kind of just veer off driving home from the fire technology and the fire service. We started hitting on it very early on in this, but I do want to capture that conversation. You and I had a pretty good 90 second conversation before we hit the record button about technology and a fire service. And I know you got some feelings. Just hop into that. Let's have that conversation. Okay. Okay. Remember we used to have air packs that didn't have integrated passive devices, right? Okay, now they're integrated. That's great. That's awesome. I think I was on a job about ten years when I realized that the um, um, the yellow pacifier—I don't remember the name—that yeah, that square boxy one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They they were all in the glove box of the apparatus. <laughs> Nobody had them on their pack. I right. was like, oh, well, that, 
they, I'll be darned. They belong on your air pack. Oh my gosh. It, it's that, it's that abuse. And I hate to say the word abuse that over, I feel that the, the job as a whole, we're, we're, we're too busy teaching shortcuts and that technology is just kind of like right there. And I hate to say this. I mean, um, when, when I come, when, when you come into my house and we're going to start talking water and everything, I make you do the old school formulas for friction loss. Right. I want to know it. I want to know every line. I want to know. I want to know it all. And you're going to do just like in third grade. You're going to do the long math. Today's young guy can get on this iPhone and he can have that friction loss out before I even say, what is it? But they're not understanding it. And it's like the thermal imaging cameras. There's such a over, over, um, use of it is that we've forgotten or we've quit, 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 quit teaching the basics, the fundamentals. The fundamentals is you take your glove off and you put the back of your hand on there, not the palm, the back. Right. Right. I, I, I'm so right why, there. Why aren't we teaching young guys that? Yeah, I, I think we should be starting at the basics and working our way up to where technology aids because – you know, listen, technology is not going anywhere. And in fact, it's no. it's bettering the job in a lot of places, right? But it Absolutely. can but it can also be I don't want to say a hindrance, but it could also allow us, like you said, right, too busy teaching shortcuts. If we don't learn theory and we don't learn basics, meaning that if that camera if that battery dies in that thermal imaging camera, are you going to know the correct procedures and opening up how to check for extension, how to use, because we do rely heavily on, on equipment as it's, as it's given to us. Right. And so all of a sudden now, are we not opening up as much as we used to? Are we not rolling our glove back and, and feeling baseboards and, and so on or opening up all the way down to the floor, pulling the, pulling the crown molding, like, because, Oh, the camera doesn't tell me I need to, right? Like, there's a right. there's a pro and a con to it, right? But absolutely, you you don't know the pro or the con. You know you know the good and the bad, but you don't know that gray, that middle. And when you rely on it for the middle, and you can't make your own judgment based upon experience or what you were taught, the fundamentals or the theory, I think we're going to be in trouble. Yes, sir. Yeah, which is which is, I, I guess. I was at a class one time and, and the instructor, and I'm not going to mention his name, but he was kind of being disrespectful to the older generation that kind of taught me how to fight fire. And, and I, you know, me, cause I got a mouth on me, you know, <laughs> I, I raised my hand. I said, you know, I'm throwing a bullshit card here. I said, because I feel like I'm the liaison guy from the old school to the new school. You know, my generation of firemen, we we had to wear that air pack. You know, I I, I, I didn't know what it was like to to fight fire without an SCBA. Right. Those guys that taught me how to do it, Captain Wilson, yeah. Insulated vest, red ball gloves, pull up boots, and a no fill. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. The guy made a grab one time found an infant 
where this baby, the skin was sloughing off this baby, and he brought the baby to a window with a cigarette hanging out of his mouth. The, the guy that took it, he was a retired assistant chief. He said he, he, it was everything he had to keep his head near the window. He, there was so much smoke. And this guy just, you know, wow, that's, that's OG. Yeah. You do that today, the safety Nazis that have you, 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 you'd get the death penalty. Oh, my God. I saw it, Steve. You know, I, I, I do a lot on social media, so I'm there all the time. And there was a fire up in New England not too long ago where a guy in uniform, career department, guy scaled like a 24 to a second or third floor, or maybe even a 28 or 35 to like a, I think it was the third floor, like attic window. And he was assisting somebody out of the window with smoke billowing around the person hanging. Right. I mean, that person's yeah, just screaming yeah. for help. Right. Didn't can't jump. I mean, and it's amazing how, and I don't want to go down the road of like, Oh, social media, this and that, but it's amazing how like some of the comments were to vilify the firemen for scaling that ladder in civilian clothes right. to save a life? Like, what the fuck? But f- we're here for them. A hundred percent, bro. Like, that's we're the, here for them. that's the thing. And it's like, and again, I don't want to turn this into like, oh, Monday morning quarterback. I don't yeah. understand where we've gotten to a point where that even goes through somebody's mind that that's an issue. When you when you look at a fire ground like that with smoke pumping, billowing from the eaves, I mean, this place was ready to light off. And I mean, this person was in bad shape and they made a gut judgment call. And I think it was even like when I read into the story, it was like a fire prevention or a fire subco guy like that was in the neighborhood or something like, you know what I mean? Like, and how do how does that even filter into somebody's mind that what he did was, uh, you know, should be frowned upon because he didn't have his turnouts on or he wasn't on air or whatever the hell you want to put into that conversation. That's fucking crazy. The, the, the conversation is very simply saved a life. He saw somebody in trouble and he went to act. Which gives us hope. Yes. Because there are guys like Aaron Fields. I went to Nozzle Forward a few years ago. Right. And and one of the, I think it was the first question, who comes first? Right. Us or them? Yeah. And then, then Aaron Fields just, you know, I mean, I, I'm like, you know, and, and I'll, I'll, I'll tell you, I was in, we, we worked the night before I was in seat one and row one. And I, you know, forgive me, Aaron Fields, but I judged him because I'm that guy. Right. He walks in in a flannel shirt, flip flops. I can yep. see, yeah, I can see his bunions, you know, sure. I'm that close to the stage. Sure. You know, <laughs> and he asked this question, and, and like, you know, 90% of the class says, you know, I come before them. Well, that's bullshit. I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't that's understand bullshit. that. And that's not how I was raised up in the fire service. Those beliefs, cannot leave the fire service because when they do, it's no longer going to be the fire service. And I guess that kind of goes back to that mentoring you were talking about. Yep. Is that I, I'm not afraid to, to speak my mind. You know I mean? It, I could have probably been like chief of the world if I didn't have a tongue, but I can't keep my mouth shut. <laughs> well, listen, man, because ultimately like we need more of you. We need people that are willing to stand up for what's right we need people that are willing to stand up to um, the craziness. Can I have that in writing so I can give that to my wife? Yeah, you can, but it doesn't count at home. It only works in a firehouse. Oh, okay. Everything yeah, else like, is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. She's she like, I- I'll kill you. You know, she tells me all the time, I ever come home with a horse, you better be scared. I love that. Yeah, because she's going to bury me yeah. and then the horse because the cops won't look under the horse. You got that right. Yeah. I and get she's that. She's got a big backyard. She could do it, but yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, listen, you got to keep plugging away and you need to keep sharing the love and the and the drive and the mission forward of putting this job first because that's what we need to do. Plain and simple. Brother, you guys what you guys have have done and are doing is is it it the timing is impeccable. I mean, you I I like to listen I at, I put an, an ear earbud in at night. I listen to my, my podcast. Um, you know, I, I was I used to get frustrated on YouTube because, you know, the phone would cut out and yada, yada. But it, it's such a good what you're doing is so good. Thank and you. I, I mean, I mean, you and Robert are just top notch people. You know, um, it, it's really this is I mean, this is this is really cool. I mean, I, I'm I'm. Humbled is an understatement. Well, you know, that's, even, that's ridiculous I, because I'm the one I'm the one here that, you know, selfishly uh, I, this this just pushes me to be better. And, you know, I have I have said this now for almost five years since we started this thing. It's made me better because I can't sit here and talk to people like you and then get off of something like this and think that I can slack in other areas or in the firehouse or not give my all in life or give my kids and my wife everything that I de- they deserve. Like that to me, that's what National Fire Radio has done to me. It's made me accountable. I can't I can't go out there and and preach the word or I can't go out there and say anything about this job if I'm not going to follow through. And listen, I I have faults too, right? Like you were talking well, about before, hey, I'm the of big course. Stuck in a puddle. No, I get it, right? But but here's the thing, right? It's like I'm much more aware of it now and when I don't follow through on what I'm supposed to be doing or should have done, I hold myself accountable to it now more than ever. And I think right, that is right. something in this world, not just in the fire service, but in life, we need to hold ourselves accountable for our actions and our words. And I think we've gotten away from that. And that's Absolutely. what translates into the firehouse where we're always making excuses. We were talking about yeah. this yesterday in a, in a culture where we don't allow kids to take responsibility for their actions anymore. Right. When I got in trouble in school, my parents would yell at me and kick my ass. They didn't call the teacher and yell at the teacher. And today, these kids can't do any wrong. And I I don't want to draw generational. I I don't like talking about, like, different generations and saying, like, oh, today is weaker. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is we now more than ever have made excuses for ourselves, for our children, and we make excuses and we don't take responsibility and ownership of our own shit. And so, so when you come to the firehouse and you F up on the fire ground, they don't own it. Nobody owns it anymore. Nobody nobody owns the fact that they screwed up because they don't know how to take on responsibility. And if you can't take accountability for your own actions and you screw up on the fire ground, how are you ever going to learn? Like, I, I had this conversation yesterday with Mickey. We, you learn from your mistakes. You literally learn from your mistakes. But if you don't know you made a mistake because you're constantly making excuses and that you don't take ownership of your of your mistake, then how the hell are you ever going to learn from it? We hired, we hired, eh, I think we had like six guys on. Okay. It's January. And, uh, turning chief says, Hey, he goes, uh, would, would you help me out? Would you, would you do something with the new guys this afternoon? I said, yeah. So I took them down to the apparatus floor and we did drags and carries. Right. Okay. And we had brand new air packs. I mean, like right off the shelf, brand new air packs. And those guys did so much drags and carries. I put, I think I put 10 cylinders out of service. 
<laughs> I've been there. I've because <laughs> because I scuffed. Just dragging them across the floor. You're yeah, wearing down yeah, the fiberglass. Yeah, yeah right. Know, exactly. You got the January sand rock salt mix on the concrete floor. Yeah, yeah. I was. I told you I'm a dumbass. Yep. You know. Yep. I burned up six thousand dollars worth of worth of cylinders. You think I didn't learn a lesson from that? You know, what I mean, I I told the battalion chief. I said, what? I doubt if they're going to garnish my wages, but if you do, let me know ahead of time because she's going to kill me. Yeah, I'm not going home. Yeah, no, no, I'm setting up a pup tent. <laughs> you know, this ain't going to be pretty. But, you know, I mean. But you also did what you were told to do. Yes. Yes. Yeah. No questions asked. That's right. Go do I've got a colleague out in Kansas City. Um, he, he's a Marine, was a Marine, is a Marine. He's an air winger, though, so it really doesn't count. Um, but but Seidel made the comment, you know, um, you know, back in the day, the captain said it once. Yep. You know, the captain, it, it wasn't always in order. It was walk, walk through the, through the house or this needs done. And, and it got done. Yeah. You know, and, and the captain does, didn't have to say it two and three and four and 50 times. You just did it. Right. One of my guys made a statement and it was so true. It's not that we're so much against breaking the rules, but it's all about pushing the limit to the rules. Yep. Hitting the boundaries. What are the boundaries? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And, and which are all very valid, truthful statements that, okay. Yeah. There is hope though. I mean, there, there is hope. There, you know. Oh, I'm not giving up. Doing. I'm not giving up, brother. I will oh, not give up. I'm we, too stupid to quit. I listen, man. I see just when I get dismayed or something gets on me to the point where I get upset about something, and I go, man, I I don't know. Can we come back from this? Is this something that like really needs to be? And then something happens. I go, you know what? F this, man. We're still in a really good space. Like I was just at I was just at a conference last week. I was at a firehouse and it wasn't well attended and the show itself was pretty tough. But you know what I got to do? I got to recharge, man. I met a lot of I got to see a lot of the guys that uh you mentioned before and I got to share a couple pops with them and that recharges my batteries and then I go, you know what? No, we're still good, man. We're still well, good. You know, it- I, I get down on my job quite a bit, you know, because I, I see so much potential that we could have. And, and I've seen, you know, so much wasted potential Yeah, that it bothers me. And, 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 you know, but yet I still see so much up and coming potential that, all right, man. Okay. All right. We're, you know, do you, do you, Steve, we're going to be okay. Do you, you think know? that We've wasted, do you think the wasted potential by individuals is known by the individual. Well, that's you, kind of a trick question. I know it is. So I'm actually writing yeah, it well, down right now. Wasted I, to me, potential. I feel like I'm wasted potential. Why? Because I can't get off the corner of 13th and chase. Yep. I get it. You know, I get it. I get it. I, I mean, which is cool. Don't get me wrong. I love being an engine boss, you know, and not to say I sleep, you know, stay awake at night sucking my thumb. Oh, I don't have a buggy and a white helmet. I don't do that bull crap. But I look at it and go, you know what? Man, if I could ever have that chance, 
buckle, put your seat back tray in the upright position yeah, yeah, yeah. and buckle your seatbelt because we're going to launch. I'm, I am very, so the, you, the way you frame that, that makes absolute sense to me. And I was going absolutely the other way. Right. And, and I'm, I'm just wrapping my brain around this. This is going to be something that I really want to start thinking about because I wonder how many people realize that they have are wasting their own potential. I think so many people don't believe in themselves anymore. I think that, sure. I think, you know, you come from, you're cut from that older cloth of, uh, you know, uh, you, you have the conviction and belief in yourself and you have street credit and experience in, in 35 years of firefighting in a tough town. So that helps you believe in, in your position and, and stature, if you will. But some of these younger guys, man, I, I see people lacking the confidence. And it's not just in firefighting. I'm just talking in general. You right. know, I mean, because everything's and, given. It's yeah. Like, you know, I mean, that is the Marine Corps. You know, it is earned, not given. Yeah. And with that earning of, I mean, the, the, the harder, the harder you have to work to attain something, the more confident you're going to be in your abilities. Yes. Because you know that you've prepared for it. Yeah. It's dude. It's so deserving when you deserve it, when you work hard, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that's why like the, the, I think that's why, and, and to like kind of start to wrap this a little bit, but like, that's why like that back bumper talk and packing those hand lines at the, at the end of the fire, Right. Everybody just worked there. You like to think that the company just worked hard, right? And everybody yeah. was there. Everybody did their share. Everybody pushed each other and they pushed themselves. And there's a sense of satisfaction and, and accomplishment. And that's why I think we all really love that back bumper talk after a fire. And right? that goes to everybody. Yes. Not just the guys at the line. Correct. Because even that, even that engine chauffeur, Okay, because at the end of that push, the guys that are in there know who made that push. But more importantly, they know the guys that didn't. Yeah. And and yeah, that that time is is precious. I because like that. that gives you that confidence. You know, I mean, we can handle we we can, we got this, chief. We got this. You think those guys that walked into those twin towers didn't go in there? without confidence right they knew what they were you know and I, I i can't speak for them but that that couldn't have been a pretty situation walking up there yep no you're right been in new york city but i guarantee you they weren't in that building in like 30 steps right there was some reflection time there but the the confidence and command in each other not wanting to let one another down all of it comes full circle yeah yeah. How much do you love this job? Hmm. According to my wife, too much. I think according to all of our wives, too much. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. Are you happy that that guy, I mean, do you look back and, and thank that guy that walked into the liquor store? Was it a liquor store? And said, yeah, why, yeah, don't, yeah. And why don't you, why don't you go apply for the fire department? I mean, what a, what a chance pivotal encounter yeah. in your life. Yeah. Cause I tell you what, if, if Colonel Peterson would have picked up his phone, I'd have went back in the Marine Corps. Wow. You know, I mean, it, it just, if, if there was text messaging back then and direct messages, yeah, you know, cause when I got out, he gave me his business card. Hey, you want to come back in? Let me know. Wow. And I called him three times cause I couldn't find work around here. Yeah. You know, yeah. Stupid college kid. You know what I mean? And, 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 you know, the values that I was given, you, you know, you get married, you better have a job. 
you know, and yeah. um, I didn't, I didn't like having to, you know, my wife supporting me. That wasn't going to happen, you know, and I'm not being a sexist here. Enough no, no, no. I, so. Yeah, no, absolutely. I totally get it. Right. Well, listen, I, I want to say this. Thank you for loving the job. Thank you for introducing yourself to me. Um, I'm a better person because of guys like you and because of you and Bo. Um, and I just want to tell you that I value your friendship very much. And I'm so Likewise. happy that we got to sit down tonight for an hour and just rap for a little bit. So absolutely. We're going to do a lot more of this because I, I, we didn't even get into things that I wanted to pick your brain about. I value, um, I value your pedigree and I value your yeah. experience. I'm a junkyard dog, but junkyard dog. I know. Yeah, I know. And, yeah. and, and. You love the job. That's yes, it. I do. And my boss just walked in the door, and I'm going to have barking dogs. Yeah, you're in and trouble. If you really want the opinion, I'll get Gracie on the Yeah, phone. right? Well, we're going to yeah. – maybe we'll do that one day. We'll definitely do that. But listen, I know you oh, got to go – she would love it. I know you got to go make dinner. You got things to do, buddy. You. She just said, sign me up. Nice. Uh, let's, let's do – get you you and Bo and your, and your wife. Well, forget it. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Well, Steve, thank you, brother. Thank you for thank spending you. an hour with me today. I uh, I appreciate you, man, and uh, I right miss you. And you made you made my day, bro. You uh, made you, my day. Every time we Anything chat, I, I smile. Can do for you is you let me know. Okay. I appreciate it. Don't go anywhere. I'm going to sign off, and then we're going to chat for a minute. So, everyone, okay. thanks for tuning in. Steve Yellish, one of my all-time favorite people in the world. Thank you, Steve, for joining us, and thank you for everybody listening. National Fire Radio's podcast, our short audio segments. We're going to be trying to do one a day and posting them regularly. Please share, like, and support the podcast. Uh, to me, I think that the, the content that comes out of here and the interviews we do with these gentlemen are just some of the best in the world. So thanks for tuning in. We'll catch you next time. Jeremy, National Fire Radio.